This week, I have made a donation to RAIN, the Rape, Abuse, and Incest National Network. RAIN is the nation's largest anti-sexual violence organization. It created and operates the National Sexual Assault Hotline in partnership with more than 1,000 local sexual assault service providers, as well as the DOD Safe Helpline for the Department of Defense. RAIN also carries out programs to prevent sexual violence, help survivors, and ensure that perpetrators are brought to justice. Over the past 26 years, RAIN has helped 3.5 million survivors and their loved ones. In honor of Pride Month, RAIN hosted an LGBTQ survivors summit and also recently developed a new awareness piece that highlights the fear and violence transgender women face on a daily basis. Speaking as a survivor myself, it's clear that RAIN really wants to empower survivors and help them heal. Their website specifically really goes above and beyond when it comes to resources for anyone and everyone. So please consider joining me in making a donation at their website. And the link for that is www.rainn.org. Previously on Harry Potter and the Anxious Millennials. Is that right? I didn't even open my... Hold on, let me open my yes. note first. <laughs> oh, hi guys, I'm Tim with a coffee. And <laughs> details matter. So, Ellie, what happens in the chat? Ellie? Ellie? <laughs> Ellie, mate? Um, I do just have to say, though... <laughs> Bring Queer, your What back. is his name again? Que- Queerious Squirrel. Queer- Queerness. 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 That is not. Um, his name is Queerness. Queerness. Yes. <laughs> and JK, what are you trying to say here? So, Queerel was the first queer character, not Albus, actually. I'm sorry. He had a man inside him at all times. C- correct. Hot. Very hot. <laughs> Why would you not just be like, ooh, Draco? No, you already did that. I with was in book one. No, you, you already think that you have a passable bloody baron. Yeah. <laughs> 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 It's like the scene in Devil's Prada where she makes fun of the sweater she's wearing. You fished it out of some clearance bin. Logan, Lupin's clearly bargain bought rose. Lupin's Ross dress for less. (laughs) Cerulean robe. (laughs) Welcome to Harry Potter and the Anxious Millennials a show where we delve week by week into each chapter of the Harry Potter series. Bonjour. Uh, this week, uh, oh my we god, I had Allie to watch this, this morning, uh, because this morning I had to watch Bonjour High. Bonjour High, Bonjour High. I had to, like, I could not no, move on with my day high. until I watched Bonjour High. You don't know Bonjour High? No. Drink, watch. It's Is that an SNL it's thing? A, it's an L- SNL skit. Oh, where okay. they are from, they're from Quebec. And it's like a Quebec. morning, 
Quebec. Quebec. And they're from a morning, they're from a morning like show. Like Who a is it? TV Maya show. Rudolph and Amy Poehler? No, it's Bowen, Bowen and uh, Kate. It's Kate. Probably. Yep. Bowen and Kate. Maybe I've seen it and I just don't remember it. Uh, this week, uh, we read Chapitre 15 called Le Quidditch Final. Ali? Bonjour, Ali. Qu'est-ce que happens in Le Chapitre? J. Tammy. Um, <laughs> J. Tammy. Um, Harry wins the Quidditch Cup. Harry single-handedly. All alone. It's good that it's good All that the Harry. women on the team didn't do any work and it was just Harry. It's good okay, that the well, women were getting beat up the entire time while Harry was just bopping around, you know. I'm going to say really who did no work is Fred and George this game. They really didn't do much. <laughs> I mean, they were the only ones that actually were ta- were retaliating against the girls yeah. essentially just being abused in front of the entire school. Okay. Um, well, I don't agree. <laughs> well, I don't have anything positive to say ever in my life. So um, I'm glad you're here to, counter, why, to counterbalance me. That's why my, my beetle in the beetle in my apartment just offed itself. Just immediately <laughs> passed away. And that's um, on period, boo. <clears throat> That's on period. Um, so the chapter starts out and Hermione reveals the letter that she has received from Hagrid in which he indicates that uh, Buckbeak will be executed, but that he has enjoyed London. <laughs> <laughs> I wish he would have elaborated more. Like, what did he did, like, I mean, the yeah, London Bridge was his the favorite London landmark. Eye or something? He went to the Eye. Like, they stole by Buckingham Palace. Uh, did you Tower take him to... London was very fascinating. To Westminster yeah. Abbey. Did you get him a West fish and chips? Uh-huh. He definitely oh, got him fish he and took chips. A, he took a picture of Buckby coming out of the, fo- the phone booth. Yep. Also... <laughs> Also, the idea that you can only get fish and chips in London. They don't serve them in the rest of the UK. They don't. I love the the image of his hindquarters (laughs) being in the phone booth, and he's just Mm -hmm. like, (laughs) why are you making me stand like this? I don't understand. Mm -hmm. I can't even dial a phone. Um, So Hermione is like, Oh, oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. And Baptist church (laughs) member, Hermione Granger. (laughs) And uh, and Ron's like, it's okay. There's still hope. I'll help you, Hermione. And she's like, oh, Ron. And she hugs him. And then they just like make up. Like who would have thought that all it would take for them to make up is physical contact? All it no. all it took was Hermione apologizing because it should be Hermione who apologizes. Oh, yeah, God. the woman should always apologize. Mm-hmm. You must always walk behind the man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so you must submit to the man at all times. So they're they're talking to Hagrid, and Hagrid is like, "I've never been more depressed. Uh, they're taking my wild animal away from me." 
woe is me. I, I've never had a darker moment in my life. Um, this is all because Lucius has the committee in his pocket. Can I say something? I was thinking about this as I was reading this. I'm actually kind of surprised that Malfoy took this class at all. Yeah, good point. Because you know Lucius has the inside scoop on everything that's going on at Hogwarts. So I feel like he would have known before the the term started that Hagrid was going to be teaching this course. And I just feel like he would have been like, Draco, you... you (laughs) Draco. Draco. I refuse to allow you to be taught by this this oaf. And he would have taken him out of... So anyways... Yeah, I don't know. That's I'm just weird. surprised by that. I just that's never like thought about Jake, that before. But that's like a oversight. JK, what are you doing? Another Joe, what are you doing moment of just it's an like, oversight. I would say you, if you wanted to be, if you wanted to like put your own spin on it and like go further than the books obviously go, is that you could assume that <laughs> I don't want to do that. Thank you so much. We're moving on. Well, he wouldn't do muggle studies for sure. So what his options would be ancient runes and He wouldn't do muggle studies, but I what I was gonna Arithmetic. say was that I Lucius seems like a person who is on the board of governors to just be on the board of governors. Not oh, yeah. that he's like He's only there because of I, his money. I definitely think he like gets post from owls and like it tells them about the changes, and I'm sure he just throws them away or hands them to his house elf and is like his assistant yeah his assistant chuck it in the bin his assistant yeah. or slash servant dobby narcissa yeah narcissa does all the work his, his assistant <gasps> slash oh, wife yeah wait narcissa. wait wait no narcissa is like the actual one that is informed like the stay-at-home moms that just like they're and oh. i'm not saying this with any judgment like their their full-time job is literally like everything to do with the kids. So like literally Mm -hmm. anything that could be required of the school. So whenever they get letters, she's like, this is what's happening. And Lucius Malfoy is just like, okay, fine. Just I'll do whatever you think we should do, honey. Cause I don't know what's going on. That's because as far as we know, Lucius has no job. He a trust fund baby boo. Right. We're just assuming he's just old money. Okay. Yeah. And then, yeah, he has like the position of the gov- the school governor. Well, I thought he got kicked off though at the end of the last book. That's true. So now he really doesn't have. Oh, a job. did he? Yeah, yeah, because he bribed. I've the never other- read it. <laughs> I don't remember. I just remember them being like, "It I seemed can't be like here anymore." They probably <laughs> they probably had a trial, and he just like was exonerated. Allie, you know, you know how that happens. Well, because remember, he threatened all of them. But then he was found not guilty because he just paid off the jury. (laughs) So they were like, it's fine. Slap on the wrist. So Malfoy's making fun of Hagrid and Harry and Ron get ready to like go at him. And instead, Hermione slaps him across the face. Um... I don't like this for her. Oh, really? I'm into oh, it. <laughs> I'm so into it. You're, out, just, you're I, outvoted. That, and I that's just, fine. But I just I just don't like physical violence. Sure. Yeah. And good point. And I agree with you there. But I was having the, the – I was remembering the fact that, like, Draco Malfoy definitely just, like, 
beat the shit out of Dobby. And I was like, you know what? You getting slapped across the face like once, I, I think I'm okay with that. By Hermione. I was like, I'm okay with it. You're a little shit in this moment and kind of always. I would have preferred if she had hexed him. Like if she had given, if she had done like the bat bogey curse on him, I would have been like, we sure. stand a witch. But I, but you're just, just a bitch, Hermione. I just don't love physical. Vi- it just feels very out of character for her. I don't, I don't, I don't, I just don't love the idea of physical violence. I'm sure you I, already I agree that- had this thought. I'm sure you already had this thought, Allie, but I think it is, it is out of character for her, which is why I, th- I think it's like Joe trying to show her cracking even more. Yeah. That's what I was with say. this. Yeah. I think she does a, I think Joe in this chapter especially does a really good job of showing Hermione's like at the end of her rope. Like I, that's obviously like the front half of the chapter is just like, yeah, the disillusioned of Hermione's mind <laughs> in, in real time. Um, Hermione but I, I think up. that's really good. And I would like to say, I would like to go on the record and I would like to say a couple chapters ago, I made a statement that I would like to walk back. I said that if like you my were. Like Azkaban is okay. Yeah. <laughs> walk back. <laughs> like I said that I didn't love that Hermione was a nag in this book, which I still, I'm still very behind. I don't think, I think that's very boring. Um, but I, I said you were you would be surprised to find out at this point that she then creates spew in the next book when really this is this moment of like the buckbeak situation i think is like leading her down this kind of um uh social justice track i actually think that so i actually think that is well oh. written just in yeah. like how that tracks out for her i still think it's dumb that she like was very okay with breaking rules in the last book. And then in this book is like rules are meant to be adhered and believed and very important. But. And very important. Well, congrats on walking that back. I've never said anything that I've ever regretted. So moving on. <laughs> no regrets. No regrets. No regrets. Um, and so, Mal- so she slaps him and Malfoy's like kind of stunned and he's like, let's go guys. And they walk away and Harry and Ron are like, a bitch, Ron especially. And then, and then, <laughs> but, ding, 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 but what ding, does she ding, say? Ding. She speaks shrilly again. Did she really? Yeah, Did she top really? of page two ninety four. Uh, Harry, you better beat him. It's you'd better beat him in the Quidditch final. Hermione said shrilly. <laughs> They're on good terms again. You couldn't find a different word. No, Just, she she could not. Nevertheless, she was shrill. <laughs> Nevertheless, she was shrill. I just, honest to God, as a person with a shrill voice, I'm feeling personally attacked. So they go to charms class and um, they walk in and Flitwick's like, you're late, boys. And then they're like, where the fuck is Hermione? She was literally just here. But they practice um, cheering charms. Yeah, cute. When you when you read this as a child, at this point, I mean, it's hard to remember, obviously. What did you think was happening? Because <laughs> at this point, it's been multiple instances now where 
there's like been a weird like Hermione was just behind us and now she's not behind us and blah blah blah. And also, can I just say it's always Hermione was behind them. So, but not <laughs> which means nothing to her, to no. anything new. I was like her <laughs> being in front of them, right? No, oh, let a woman lead. Them. Okay. Uh, she must always walk behind the yeah. man yeah. with yeah. her head bowed in solemnity. Yes, um, praying to not be praying. A yes, of Harry, of Ron, <laughs> <laughs> of Ron Weasley. Yeah. Um, no, I just I uh, d- like. I don't remember read. I don't remember if I thought anything as a kid because by the time the third book happened, I was very intensely like, I have to read it as fast as possible because I want to know what happened. Like at that point, I was like in the series, so sure, I was not doing a chapter by chapter examination and review. <laughs> I think I probably thought nothing. I think my mind was probably just empty. I don't. Mm, I don't remember thinking too much about it. I think at that point I was probably young enough that I was just like, oh, she's just doing too many classes and maybe suspected something else was happening. But like at that point, didn't care enough to try and hypothesize something. Sure. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. But they're practicing cheering charms because if you're sad, good news, all you have to do is the cheering charm and it'll fix you right up. Simple as that. Couldn't you use a cheering charm and then go meet a Dementor? You know what? I will accept this because of the fact that this universe does not have any mental health care. So they literally had to invent a spell. Yeah. Because there's not going to be any other option. So Hermione doesn't show up to charms. They go to lunch. She doesn't show up to lunch either. They start to worry about her. They go up to the common room and they find her fast asleep on top of a book. And they're like, what? what's going on? And she was like, oh, my God, did I miss charms? And they're like, yeah, what are you doing? And she's like, ah, I got to go talk to Phileas. So she just kind of like, <laughs> so she's just like, I, and and then and Ron says to her, oh, I also want to mention, I just want to mention really quickly when they go back up to the common room, um, the password is yep. flib, flibber to gibbet. Fliberty gibbet, the best password in the entire series. I will stake my reputation on it. Thank you, Fliberty gibbet. Well done, Joe. The, the best password overall, or the best Gryffindor password? Oh, the best. The best password overall is hell. <laughs> but Fliberty Fliberty gibbet is a it's a close second. I was gonna say my favorite is lemon drop. That's my favorite. Oh, okay. That's my favorite. I like Mimbleton Mimbletonia. But um I but Flipper to Gibbet is straight up the fat lady was drunk and they were like, What's the new password? And she was like, I don't fucking know. I Flipper to Gibbet. That was her. It's like straight up, that's not that's not like something that a sober person would come up with. No. No. So funny. Um so so Hermione's napping. She's like, oh, my God, I forgot to go to Charms. And Ron says to her, I reckon you're cracking up. Hermione, I reckon you're cracking up. You're trying to do too much. And I'm like, Ron, you're just now noticing this? Take a step back, babes. 
you're like almost all the way through the school year and you're just now coming to this conclusion. I told you, no awareness. Hermione is the only one of them that has awareness. Harry and Ron. So they go up, they go up to divination. They go up to divination and, um, Sybil, uh, comes out from the shadows and she's like, we're happy pride to her. Happy happy, pride. Happy pride, Sybil. Sybil. She came out of the shadows. (laughs) She came out of the shadows and she said, I decided we're moving to crystal balls because the fates have told me they would be on your exam. And Hermione is like, the fates? Bitch, no fates. You're writing the exam. And Harry and Ron are like, oh my gosh, Hermione. Like, yeah, look who came to wrong. play today. Yeah, um, she's so not wrong. Sybil starts explaining crystal ball reading. Why did Ron think that relaxing the eyes was so funny? It, we shall start by practice practicing relaxing the conscious mind and external eyes. Ron began to snigger uncontrollably. What is funny about that? Relaxing the eyes? I don't know. I read it you like... Just, you just need a hit of poppers and your eye will relax immediately. Okay. I read it like three times. <laughs> You're in and your I was eye. Like, I was like, why that specific thing is making him laugh? Yeah, um, I didn't... I don't know either. I didn't even realize notice that. So they're trying they're sitting and they're trying to see something in in the shadows and they can't see anything and they're goofing around and they're laughing. And Sybil's like, listen, you need to take this seriously. Let me come look in your orb. And she's like, Oh, I see the grim. Listen, she was not wrong about this big black dog. It was not the grim, but like, hello, she was absolutely not wrong about this big black dog. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, so that's the route we're going to go. We're not going to go the route that even if she didn't see anything, she just said the grim. I can't speak to that. I I don't know. I think that she can see things, but she doesn't know how to interpret them. I have a theory that I'm going to say later in this chapter that's going to really blow the lid on Harry Potter as a character. Yeah, he's a shit. Right. He's awful. And get him, get him, get him, Adam. And so (laughs) Hermione is like, oh, God, here we go again. And Sybil is like, I have had enough of your sass. You don't have what it takes to to succeed in this class. You are nothing. And Hermione is like, and I felt nothing. I was about to say, Sybil really reminds me of like a theater teacher, a yeah. theater professor who's like, you'll never make it. You don't have any talent. I was like, mm-hmm. okay. This is familiar. <clears throat> At the end of Sybil's speech, she tells Hermione that from the moment she walked in, she knew that she was mundane. But mundane has a capital F. No, it doesn't. In Adam's copy, it does, apparently. In my copy, it does. Mundane. So I, so this was my question. Was I really wanted you to hit the M. Well, I just wondered if it was like, oh, is mundane supposed to be like... Squib. A non-seer? Like, if you, if oh. you were to divide, like, wizards and witches into, like, those who see and those who don't see? 
Which then, like, why are you teaching this in school? Yeah, if yeah. If it truly is just, like, people can't learn it. That's kind of what I thought when they were just looking into crystal balls. And she's like, none of you will really be able to, but we'll do it anyway. I was like, okay. Um, so Hermione is, like, a big mistake huge and gets up and walks out and I have to say Hermione is hitting all of the beats of like the romantic comedy um like climax moments in this Mm -hmm. chapter yes she is like she's slapping Malfoy she's getting up and walking out of class she's throwing her arms around Ron I was Mm -hmm. like how many romantic comedies was Joe watching when she wrote this chapter that she was like I want Hermione to have every single moment Notting Hill had just come out and she was like, there you go. Julia Roberts is, is her, Julia Roberts Hermione. is Hermione Granger. <laughs> she would have cast Julia Roberts had Julia mm-hmm. Roberts been like 13 at the time. Literally, big mistake, huge. Big, big mistake. mistake. Wow, huge. I didn't even do that on purpose. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> um, Tell me stand. you're gay without telling me you're we gay. Stand. <laughs> Happy Pride, everyone. Happy Pride. <laughs> Happy Pride. Happy Pride. <laughs> so um, Hermione walks out and um, it's Lavender who's like, oh, my God, Sybil, but you predicted this. You told us at the beginning of the term somebody would be leaving us at Easter. And look it, she left. And Sybil's like, well. <laughs> Sybil does like a full on like. Me? <laughs> yeah. I've Ooh, known me? the whole time. It's like it's like when it's like when um when there's somebody at a job that the management doesn't like but they don't want to fire them because uh like it's too much paperwork so they just make their job a living hell so then they like quit on their own. Yeah. Just, like, and then push they're them like further and further you're to the edge. in your two weeks. Oh no, we'd hate to see you go. Oh. You're the one who did this. <laughs> you caused me to do this. Did they fire her? Well, she was asked to step down. (laughs) That's what they always say. She wanted to spend some personal time with family. Yeah, it just wasn't working out for her. (laughs) So Ron's like, Ron does a little button on the scene and is like, someday Hermione's having... uh, like sidekick in a rom-com and um so then they go into easter break and nobody is having a good time because there's so much homework to do and ron is doing all this research on the hippogriff um but harry he's so busy because it's quidditch and they're getting ready for the quidditch final and okay so i don't know why she made this so stupidly complicated yes ari foul or foul Does anyone else like that? Yes. F-O-W-L. Wait, or F-O-U-L. Isn't it? It's a book that Ron reads about mm-hmm. hippogriffs or trials or something like that, but it's entitled think, Foul or Foul. I a think what I discovered is that whenever there's a new, you know how she'll do the thing where it'll be like du- a double space and it's like a new part of the chapter? Yeah. Does that make sense what I'm saying? I think yes. that first paragraph, whenever that happens, I know she's just setting up what the moment is. So I just give it just every give single it. time. Terrible. <laughs> but Always that's like, paragraphs in, Adam. Well, then I didn't read the chapter and Sparknotes didn't have it in the in the bit that I was reading. Okay. Well, you know what? You need to start taking this a little bit more seriously. 
This is do your job, this is your Adam. Career. Okay. <laughs> do your job. <laughs> I don't know why she made this anything. so stupidly complicated yeah. that even if they won the match, they wouldn't win the cup unless they were up by more than fifty points. I feel like this is. I feel like this is something that happens in soccer. I could be wrong. But I feel like so I feel like that's where she's getting it from. If it's not a thing that happens in soccer, listeners, please do not tell me because I don't care. If you correct me, you're wasting your time because if I'm wrong, who gives a shit? But he and it said but what I hate about this is, again, it says it also meant that the burden of winning fell largely on Harry. And it's like, yeah. That's the whole goddamn point of Quidditch. The burden of winning is always largely on the seeker because the seeker. it's 150 points. I don't understand. This is the second time that she's done this where she's made it seem like it's a new thing that Harry has to catch the snitch. It's like, I, we get, we know how Quidditch is played, Joe. Stop fucking yeah. around. That yes, exactly. Yes, the the entire prelude, like up to the game, is very annoying to read. Because I was like, like when she was like, because catching the snitch is worth a hundred and fifty points. I was like, you just said this two chapters ago. We read the book. This is we the read third all. We read time. the past two books as well. Yeah. Joe. Yeah. This is the third time that they're playing Quidditch in this book. Um, and so and also. And then it- these two students that aren't on the Quidditch team get in a physical fight. Just a random Gryffindor and a random Slytherin get in a full-on, like, brawl. I was like, yeah. no. And what and, is this? And leaks grow out of both of their ears. And I was like, how does that happen? The one thing I did agree with was um, Harry being very protective of his firebolt because of that fucking broom shed that doesn't have a lock on it. So, yes, Harry, you're right. Yeah. You should protect your firebolt. I actually disagree. <laughs> when I read that and I, it said that he was checking it between classes, I was like, my darling, those are classic symptoms of OCD and you need to get oh. that checked out. <laughs> my, my darling dear. My darling dear. Um, Harry, I also, I want to say a couple of things. Um Harry straight up lies and said that he wants to win more than Wood. That's absolutely not possible. There is no, there is absolutely no No scenario. No one wants to win more than Wood. There is no world in which you want to win more than Wood. Okay. Correct. So let's just get that out of the way. Let's Mm -hmm. just completely get that out of the way. Um, I also want to say I'm going to speak ill of Dumbledore, even though I love him more than most (gasps) things. Adam, save this clip forever. He... (laughs) He should have stepped in. If tensions were this high, high amongst the student body that there were physical altercations and they were like intimidating each other in the hallways, yeah. Albus should have called everybody into the Great Hall and been like, you guys, it's a sport. Maybe relax. But that's what I'm saying. They're, they must be so goddamn bored out of their minds at Hogwarts. All they have to entertain themselves is like one Hogsmeade weekend a month and Quidditch. Quidditch. That's it. Mm -hmm. They don't, honey, get them an arts program. Okay. Mm -hmm. Get them some type of academic Super Bowl. Okay. Malfoy is dying for a stand up, a chance to share his stand up routine with the world. Come on. Mm -hmm. Yes, a talent show. Honestly, it's like these children need an outlet. 
They have none. And so they're resorting to getting in fights in the corridors. If you don't buy a goddamn kiln and get a pottery class in that stupid school, I swear to God, I'm marching down there and I will be speaking to the board of governors. This was why they made a frog choir in the film. In the, because in they the were third. like, we need something Something, something pe- else more, for the children to do to occupy their time. There has to be something else that happens for other than these 28 people in this school who are the only people who have something to do in their spare time. And especially because, honestly, I believe the children are our future. Wow. I, I teach them, the teach them well, future. And they will lead the way, okay? Show them all the beauty they possess inside. Allie, you should write this down. I actually think, like... I would submit it for poet laureate stuff. You know, well, what I mean? you know, it's I always... funny because I decided long ago never to follow in anyone's shadow. Okay, if I fail, if I succeed, at least I have. <laughs> this is not. These are the lyrics oh, it's... of the song. The rest of the song, I've never. I listen. I know the first like bit, and then that's it. It's the night before the Quidditch match. Everybody's really nervous. Um, and then Harry. And all through the castle, not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. Everyone, everyone is laying awake in their beds. <laughs> the fire bolts were hung by the chimney with care. <laughs> Harry was sleeping with the fire bolts pressed to his breast. <sighs> okay. <laughs> She's like, anything else? Um, Harry has some more bullshit dreams. Um, and then he's he he awakes and he's like, I need a glass of water. He goes to the window. He thinks he sees a creature. He puts his glasses on. He's like, oh, it's just Crookshanks. But wait, it's not just Crookshanks. It's the Grim. Or is it? Ron, come look out the window. Ron, it's all dark. <laughs> why is that what he said it's all dark harry i don't know oh, okay um, and then and then before he could find it again it was gone <laughs> i don't have anything to say about that baby i'm not even here i'm a hallucination um i'm gonna speak on his dream for just a second okay harry dreams Dream interpreter, Adam Reed. Dream interpreter, yes, thank you. (laughs) Harry dreams that he's in the cut, he's in the game, or no, that he wasn't in the game, that Neville had to be in the game, and then that they're in the game, and then uh, Slytherin's on dragons, and then and then his firebolt disappears and he falls, and that's when he wakes up. Classic, you're falling, and then you wake up, dream, very classic, classic, classic dream logic. This is the second time in this stupid book where he has had a dream of something that has come to fruition. So I'm going to go on the record and you say mean something that, has come to fruition. Excuse me, is he not chased by a dragon in the next book okay. on a firebolt? <laughs> um, yeah. That's so a I'm gonna go out on a limb and I'm gonna say Harry has seeing capabilities that's what i'm gonna say mary sue harry potter the potters his his grandmother potter was a seer it skipped over james yep 
Listeners, you heard it here first. Adam sharing his cool takes mm-hmm. on Harry Potter. And if you Honestly, would like Adam I just to, to interpret your dreams, please yep. send us mm-hmm. a message. <laughs> I just had to give it some meaning because I'm really tired of having to read about Harry's dreams. And it's truly <laughs> only going to get worse in this series because Isn't she it? brings them up oh, a okay. lot. Well, I was going to say, isn't so in as we move on further, he's actually dreaming about stuff that's actually happening. But in this book, isn't this the only book where did she, did she ever describe his dreams before now? Oh, she did mm-hmm. in book one, in book one and two. In book one. I don't okay. remember about yeah, book two, I'm but definitely book one. Too. I'm kind of over it, too. Yeah, it just happens a lot. Normally, like before they were all kind of like the it's the night his parents died dream. Over and over and over and over and over His again. parents are dead? <laughs> yes, thinks. Allie. Sorry he to thinks. break the sorry to break the news to you. That's but tragic. in the seventh book you find out they've just been in hiding. What if we that only... was the gag of the last book? <laughs> or, or if it was like Lily was alive, but he was like, Oh, hey. But not dad. Yeah, yeah. But not James. James. <gasps> James. I wanted James to be alive, not you. So it's the day of the show, y'all. And everybody is in the opening night. <laughs> Come feel the magic in the I would air. Say Allie knows really... that one too, because Allie this was is a re... band when we did that. Opening night. I would say this is more closing night. Okay. But it is the day of the show. Closing and, night. And um Everybody's in the great hall. Everybody's really excited. Um, and they go, they get ready. Wood is like, oh my God, look at the weather. And they they um, they go out onto the Quidditch pitch and everybody in the school is rooting for Gryffindor except for 200 Slytherins. And yeah, um, did we buy that? That like they would always be rooting for Gryffindor? The other houses? That's how they I- set it up. I would believe it for this match specifically because I don't think most people like Slytherin. Okay. I just always have a hard time with that because like later, I think it's because she kind of tried to retcon Slytherin house later. Like I'm like, if you want to have a house that's like the villainous house, just do it, girl. If you want to be a shark, be a shark. Don't, Don't apologize for being a shark. When you're a jet, you're a jet all the way from your first from your cigarette. your first cigarette to your last dying day. Um, Don't smoke. Cigarettes so kill. They, so they go out on the field. They get ready to play the game. And then they just like, they fucking play the game. And that's pretty much the rest of the chapter. Um, <laughs> I do want to say a couple of things about the fucking Quidditch match uh, and just Quidditch okay. in general. Can we talk about how awkward it would be to take the quaffle from someone midair? Like they talk about intercepting the quaffle or trying to take, like, can you imagine flying on a broom and someone's got the quaffle under the arm and then somebody else comes like flying and then tries to get it from under your arm? Like, it's just, it's a very awkward thing. I feel like there would be a lot of accidental boob grabs, breast grope, which always awkward in puberty you know so you're saying that women shouldn't be allowed to be on the quidditch team is what you're saying That's what okay. uh, uh, well and you know especially not when they're on their cycle right how dare they they have yeah. to tell madam hooch a week in advance if they're on their period yeah do they have the period tracker app 
Oh, Clue? Yeah. I don't well, I'm know. sure what there's multiple. My flow. I have my flow. Um, so it's a very it's a very contentious game. I do take issue with the fact that like Harry is just sitting and watching the game, essentially. Like he's not But but all pressure is on him. Like I understand I understand that the whole thing is like don't go for the snitch unless you're unless we're more than 50 points up. But it really does feel like for like 99% of the game he's just kind of like sitting and watching the game with the rest of yeah. the crowd. Yeah. Um So I mean, I don't know. If you guys want to talk about what happens in the game, you can. I can just sum it up. With- I just have one shout out. Sure. I like when Minerva McGonagall has had enough. Yes. I like that she shakes her fist at Malfoy. <laughs> um, why I oughta. It's that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it just, it's a very contentious match. Things get physical. Uh, beater bats. Yeah, are, this isn't a great thrown. chapter for you, Allie, because there's a lot of physical violence in this chapter. I know. I. I can't even tell you how I'm dealing with this right now. I'm really disturbed. <laughs> it's really weird for me. Like this, and this goes beyond Joe herself, but like obviously this is I'm addressing what Joe wrote. It's really weird to me when off in children's books, when authors make light out of like this type of physical violence. Is that just me? Like it takes me out. Like I'm like, this is really intense. I don't know if that was just because I have a hard time with that personally but I think it's supposed to be more cartoonish like I feel like I feel like when you think of the people as actual human beings being hurt like it's really upsetting but when you think about it as if it's like a Scooby-Doo cartoon Mm -hmm. and you're like there goes Shaggy yeah I guess maybe that's just I always have a hard time doing Scoob but but I, when I was a kid, I guess I didn't think about that as much. I was just thinking like, wow, the Slytherins are so mean was kind mm-hmm. of what I was thinking. But yeah. that's also because she kind of sets it up in this – in the Wizarding World universe that like any any injury, any illness can be healed so much quicker. But now as an adult, I'm like, yeah, but that doesn't remove the pain that they experience in the moment. So reading this as an adult, sometimes I'm a little like – the two the two bludgers to Wood's stomach are real wild. It is funny to read this after having watched that first movie where that match like they take they take Wood out with a bludger. Yeah. Um, and this this book is is like this is like the first chapter where it's like penalties are real. Penalties happen. They happen yeah. apparently frequently. Right. And in that first movie, it's like. Madam Hooch just throws the quaffle into the air to start the game, and then she's she like, "She's just asleep." Well, on the I'll watch. be having yeah. tea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you need me, let me See know. You later. Um, Malfoy sabotages Harry. <sighs> what else is new? Um, and Harry tries to Harry does something that's not his job and tries to clear the way for um angelina i think so that she can score but as he does that he realizes that malfoy has spotted the uh snitch and so he has to zoom across the quidditch pitch to get it 
And at the last second, he shoves Malfoy's arm out of the way and gets the snitch. And they win the Quidditch Cup. And they're all crying. And everyone storms the field. Hagrid is there. And they get the Quidditch Cup. And they like, they're like, we've won. You sound like Listeners. you're getting emotional about it, Allie. <laughs> like, we won. Listeners, if you are, if we have any listeners who are listening to this episode and you are a big sports fan, can you please message our HP Anxious account on Instagram and tell me how you felt about the Quidditch scenes or the Quidditch chapters, Quidditch bits, whatever? Because we just are not sports people. And I really wonder if that's a part of why, like, we don't, we just really don't care. I really responded well to this chapter in this game specifically because this is the most detail she's put in about the Quidditch games. Sometimes it feels like she like wants to do it and then like decides halfway through. She's like, I'm tired of writing about Quidditch and then just like ends the match. I kind of like that. She like drags it on, especially because it is like the final or whatever. Um, And that there is so much action happening. Like it does feel um, it's really just well-written in that it's constantly like doing something and it's not like, and it's constantly some doing different things. Like it's not the same thing over and over and over again, which um, I think is like hard to do when you're writing, like when you're writing, I think it's just yeah. hard to write action and make it like believable in a yeah. real way. And I do commend her for like trying and actually like getting it right. Um, I like Jordan narrating the, or what is it called? Commentating. Yeah. I think also, yeah, that, that idea that she had in like book one was like, I, that was a very smart thing to do was have someone like commentate what's going on. That was yeah. brilliant. <sighs> and then that's it. That's a chapter. All right. Uh, well, that's close up this chapter. Uh, next week, we will be reading chapter 16 called Professor Trelawney Prediction. Uh, you can find the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your podcasts. As always, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe so that we can get a perfect new score. Five stars, cinq, cinq stars only, or else Hermione will slap you across the face. There you go. Good one. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at HPAnxious. Instagram at HPAnxious, YouTube at The Ampliverse. You can also connect to us on our Discord server. Check the link in the show notes. We are hosted on Anchor, so thank you to them. And our proud member of The Ampliverse. I sound like Colette from Ratatouille. You know what? I sound like, oh, what's yeah. her name? Yeah, you do. You know what I didn't realize until like the movie? What was the, the documentary about the, the guy who wrote the music for the Disney movies? Howard? Howard. What? Who is it that played uh, Jerry Orbach? I did not realize that Jerry Orbach voiced Lumiere, Lumiere. until I saw that documentary, wow. and my mind was fucking blown. He's also in the Fantastics. He uh, Jerry Orbach. He's the dad from Dirty Dancing. He's he's the original. Um, what's his name? Richard Gere in Care in uh, Cabaret. No. Oh, Chicago. He did Lumiere's voice. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Billy Flynn is the name you're thinking. Billy Flynn. Billy Flynn. Thank you. Billy Flynn. Uh, 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 Check them out at theampliverse.com. 
merci beaucoup. Google Jerry Orbach. Merci beaucoup, Ali. Merci beaucoup, Harry. Merci beaucoup, Adam. What was your French name? Uh, in French class, it was Francois. Francois. Merci, Francois. J. Tammy. <laughs> Are you saying je t'aime? Is that what you're saying? Okay. <laughs> I to, love it every time. We, That's we my used new to favorite thing I've ever we, heard when I, worked at, when I worked at Urban, we had a shirt that said that. And we were, we wouldn't make fun of people. Like we would make fun of, we like came up with this customer who would be like, what's that? What's that shirt say? J. Tammy? As always. Nux. Au revoir. Discovering voices, building worlds, the Ampliverse.